0: Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanzone podcast, episode 24. Uh, And this time it's a little bit different. We've not had a midweek game, which feels like the first time in a long time. Uh, You're only still getting two pods this week, but blimey, has it felt like a, a long while since we played a Tuesday game? But this time we are joined, of course, by the regulars in Carl and Ange, uh, but this time we've got a special guest. We're joined by Gab, Gabriel Sutton.
1: How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Really looking forward to, uh, to joining you to uh, to chat about um, Bolton Wanderers and hopefully, uh, hopefully beyond.
0: Fantastic, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. We do appreciate it. Obviously, we're aware you're a uh, a very very busy man lots going on uh for those of you who don't know i suppose gab you're sort of like the the, the efl mastermind so to speak um, I didn't that far. <laughs> <laughs> he's got i'm, e- I'm e- going
2: to e- use e- the word guru ben but yeah mastermind yeah yes. absolutely
0: yeah
1: <laughs> which one do you prefer in, gab yeah <laughs> just gab's fine just, just gab yeah fair enough
0: the encyclopedia <laughs> of the efl uh so it's a pleasure to have you with us as always uh for all of our guests but especially you uh obviously with how busy you are we appreciate you taking some time to come and talk to us tonight and before we get started we have a question that goes out to all of our guests so every single guest that comes on the pod we have a a routine question and that question is if you wake up one morning and you're deciding you're going to have a fry up a full english what goes on your plate what is every ingredient from start to finish what's on your plate
1: I'd definitely have hash browns as a starter. Yeah. We, we agreed on that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely
1: yeah. Okay. Who wants? I mean, the other, would you go for, see, I quite like a poached egg as well. Yes! I, Thank you, guys. You
3: know what?
1: <laughs> so wow. I think poached egg, I feel like fried eggs, you don't get any flavour out of them, whereas a poached egg on maybe a bit of avocado and some oh. toast, I think is <laughs> Oh, is that less? Um, okay, poached a
3: bit egg. Bit posh, a bit posh for me.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you, Gab. I'm a fan of avocado. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, avocado or not, uh, poached yeah. egg. I think poached I egg recommend. you
3: get a better, you get a better yolk as well. It's exactly. It's, a, it's a far superior yolk. Because it's all dried
1: in the um in the fried egg. It's just mm. not very, not that nice. <laughs> I don't, I
0: don't think the people in Tongmore know what avocado is. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you having, Cole? Oh, wow.
2: I, I'm very much traditional, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of um, scrambled egg with I do like just fine chop with some spring onions, give it a little bit of a uh, different taste, a bit of a different taste, but that's generally proper. speaking, a, a pretty traditional um, English breakfast. Although my missus always says if you're going to get sausages, don't get the ones that are herby, whatever that's supposed to mean. I, think I like
3: means, a herby sausage. Yeah, combined, yeah
2: she, she always makes me get like Richmond's
3: Oh, Irish sausages, oh.
2: yeah. And she's and she's yeah, she's from like a poshish part of the, the northwest as well, isn't she? So like I'm a bit surprised with that. She goes to the cheap sausages and I obviously have to eat them because she tells me
1: to get them. You know what, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what else is on your plate then, Gab? Oh, good question. Um I um what would I like um I, yeah I, I I would I probably would go for like the um the the poached egg with a bit of butter. do you know I wouldn't actually I don't feel like I feel like if you have a massive fry up I feel like it kind of slows you down for the rest of the day I don't necessarily know I feel like I'd rather have a massive meal at the end of the day where you can just sort of slump. Whereas if you have a fry up before, I don't know, I'm not not sure about it, you know. I think I would just think to a poached egg on it. I know it sounds like a posh sod, but I think (laughs) I would go for the... um, uh, the poached egg on avocado and, and toast and maybe a bit you've, of lo-
2: you've lost Angela uh Gab you've lost
1: Angela she's long gone get your get
3: your dusty jar hash browns tomatoes mushrooms
1: I was doing so well with the with the poached egg and then I just lost it on, on that
2: on yeah.
3: before
2: <laughs> we went live I thought you and Angela are, you know proper connecting but I think
0: you're just <laughs> different <directions there>. mm. <laughs> so for those of you who are watching who don't know uh about gab tell us a little bit about yourself obviously uh, we're all quite familiar with with who you are and what you do but for those of you who don't just just give us a little rundown on, on what you get up to
1: sure yeah um i um just kind of write talks produce a bit of social content on on the efl and um, you can follow me on twitter at Gab Sutton. i also have a show called efl debate where i talk about championship and league one on wednesdays and then league two on thursdays um, so yeah, have a, have a bit of fun with it, and talk to various different people across the game. Partly fans, also managed to get a few managers and directors and things like that on. So um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at gab sutton and follow the hashtag EFL debate.
0: Fantastic! Uh, yeah, EFL debate is a, is a great show. If you're interested in the EFL sort of a, as a wider subject, then go and get yourself over there and have a watch. It's uh, some really good stuff on there. I'd say it's worth educating yourself for next season when we're back in the championship.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm going to say to that. Ari- You've got the same arrogance as your manager there, Carl. <laughs> confidence. There's a fine line, Gab, in there between
2: <laughs> confidence and arrogance.
1: There yeah, is. and
2: Ian Everett's just the other side <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah, maybe he is. Yeah. Maybe he is. I can see what he's trying to do, you see. That's why I'm, I'm going down the, the confident route. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Cole, do you want to get us started? Yeah. um so, in terms of your team, Gab, go yeah. on. Give, share the share the knowledge as to who your team was growing up as a
1: as a, as a youngster. Well, it still is Birmingham City. I'm not quite as. Uh, bullish about it because I think when you go into journalism, you've kind of got to be a little bit different from from being a fan. And to be honest, I miss elements of of being a fan, the sort of raw emotion of it. We stayed up at your place back in twenty fourteen, um, I and mean, I was in the yeah. away end that day, and that was that was pretty special. Um, but I think it's just one of the compromises you've got to make a little bit in terms of becoming a journalist and things like that. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, please, please, matter.
3: So, Gab, what what are what are your thoughts on um, how we well how club ownership is granted at the minute as it stands? What are your thoughts and feelings on what some of the shows that have happened recently, <laughs> recent times?
1: Uh, we need a uh, fit and proper per- persons test. I think uh, that's the um, that's the first thing, um, and an de- proper. A proper fit and proper person, we need a fit and proper fit and proper person, Steph. That's what we need. Um, independent regulator. Hopefully, there's been some good some good news on that recently, so hopefully, that's going to come in. But, um, yeah, it's not right, is it not right? I, uh, I
2: think it's, it's um, I think it's obviously across
1: <coughs> all
2: of the, the, the three um EFL leagues, aren't there? There's you know, you've got unrest when it comes to ownership. Uh, obviously, we've been through what we've been through, Derby, mm-hmm. and obviously, you've got. Charlton that are still obviously I'm happy with their ownership and you go down to the League Two
1: there's a couple of clubs that are a bit on dodgy waters there as well, isn't it? So yeah. But I, I mean I'm delighted for you as a club, by the way, that you're on the right path with new ventures. Is it Sharon, by the way, who's uh, who's mm-hmm. sort of running the club now, who seems to be doing a fantastic job. So um great to see you on the on the right path from from that point of view, because you've had some really worrying times, haven't you? Just awesome. a little,
0: just a little <laughs> Just touching on that independent football regulator, uh, how do you think that will affect clubs sort of at our level or even you know, levels below? Um, and what good do you think that will do for both
1: fans and for the game? Well, I think football needs to be a sustainable um, business. And the problem you've got at the moment is that it's run where so many clubs are um, having to have loans to clear off debt and then they have more debt. And there's clubs like... Birmingham and my team and West Brom in the championship that have got those those sorts of problems. And it just feels like not enough accountability, not enough, well, it's not enough accountability, but there's not enough thought taken into, uh, actually, the fans um, and the fans need to be protected. And whether you're doing well on the pitch or whether you're doing badly, you've got to have that security that we are going to have a football club. And at the moment, it doesn't doesn't feel like we've got that. Mm, I think uh, the word... Ian ever actually uses the word quite a lot, the word
2: custodian. Um
0: yeah, obviously yeah. I think
2: that's often forgotten in it that by either, you know, players or not necessarily the players, but certainly the, the, the leaders within the the, the business of, of a football club is often gets lost in translation that they actually are custodians of, of any club, aren't they? Um not just like the, the they're indefinitely type of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a
0: it's a good point. I think ownership in football has probably come a long way but still has quite a way to go um mm. we've seen f- for years now the effects of bad ownership you'll be well acquainted with it sure uh, yeah and other we, so it'd be good to see i think there has been some movement on the independent regulator so so you know hopefully that fingers crossed in the right direction
2: kieran maguire and his friend at the price of football have been harping on about getting an independent regulator in for many, many a month. So when I listened to their podcast uh, a week or so ago, they were um over the moon with that. Um despite the fact that they've obviously made a, a podcast and probably a living out of the fact that clubs have been struggling given that podcast and they had a, they had a bit of a joke about that. But yeah, it's um it needs to be it needs to happen, does it, let's be honest. Um yeah. do you reckon there could be more um done to prevent like kind of bad eggs uh, getting into
1: football ownership. I, I hope so. Um, I think that it does feel like you, you question at the moment whether the governing body's main priority at the moment is to protect um, these these sort of community assets they should be, but it doesn't feel like they're doing that job, certainly not very well at the moment. And I think that that's why we need fundamental change in terms of the regulation of, uh, of English football. Um, hopefully that can happen. Um, But there is part of me that's slightly more cynical part, uh, Cole, that's sort of worrying that perhaps, um, you know, is this sort of talk of a new independent regulator, is this just going to be a mouthpiece Mm -hmm. so people can say, yes, we've made changes, stop complaining, as opposed to someone who's going to actually make a real difference. I think there's a question over that as well. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
3: obviously. I mean, I'm just going to change the subject a little bit because it depresses me a little bit, the whole... brings back bad memories,
2: does it, Ange? It brings back bad memories. Yeah, yeah about.
3: nightmares about that whole thing. Um, so, obviously, we're called the Fan Zone. We've got Bolton fans watching live. We're all Bolton fans. Um, you speak to a lot of fans from other clubs. So what is the general feeling about Bolton fans out there? What kind of reputation do we have?
1: I don't know. I've not. I've not really been asking the question uh, in terms of. By the way, what do you think about modern fans? <laughs> and I think in terms of. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I've been asking. Uh, been asking Wigan Athletic fans mainly. Um, <laughs> but I think, um, but I, th- I think the big question. I think that the, it's clear that there's been an improvement over the last uh, few years under new ventures where. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of struck by back in... I remember watching the 4-0 defeat to Leighton Orient back in October and you're thinking, is Ian Ever going to go? And then by January that season, you were about 19th or 20th and then somehow ended up getting automatic promotion with 16 wins in the last 20. And I think that was just a, an astonishing rise. And since then, he seems to have gone from uh, from strength to strength, really. So, yeah, all credit to the club. And as Chris has
3: just said on the comments there, um, Wigan don't have fans, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I asked I... all three of them. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, you're doing you're doing very well there, uh, Gab. Uh, I was going to say then, in terms of um, where we're at, obviously as a football club, we we were lucky, I think, in a sense that obviously Inevit has got a, a great reputation within the game in terms of his managerial abilities, and obviously did get off a bit of a rocket start. But I think we were lucky that. Um, there were no fans in the stadium at that time because oh, we're, we're getting like 17 18 19 on average every week and we would have probably got that in league two believe it or not um because obviously there's an appetite to, to go back to football uh, sure. and i think there still is but i think if, if, if ever was under the pressures of that kind of them results at, at that time I, he, he, he probably wouldn't have been uh, certainly working for us at this time which is funny how things happen i guess
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that isn't it? It's um, very similar in a way to uh, Grant McCann at Hull, where uh, he won the title that same season with right. uh, with Hull City in League One. And there's probably a feeling that he might not have um, stayed on had had fans been in the ground, or they might not have got those results. So it's funny how how those things uh, can kind of work work sometimes. Different type of pressure, though, weren't it? Obviously, with not having
2: no fans in the stadium and just. Several, well, several thousand people watching on iFollows. Slightly different ballgame, isn't it?
1: Like, well, yeah, but I, I think there is something different to being watched uh, sort of virtually to actually being watched in person. I think it's a different different kind of pressure sometimes. So whether that um, whether that worked and whether you would have been able to do what you did, um, had yeah. fans in the stadium and there was more pressure on, yeah, we'll, we'll never know the answer to that. But, probably, um, probably not, I wouldn't have
2: thought, because I think the players that we had at that time, I don't think they would have been able to cut the mustard in front of seventeen, 18 19,000, I'll be yeah. honest. The, 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 I think <clears throat> we've seen it, or I've noticed it with even players that not necessarily that we've got now, but certainly last season, they struggled under certain scenarios. You know, going to Sunderland away and going to Sheffield Wednesday away and stuff, because obviously they weren't used to playing at You know, in front of big crowds and uh, of the like. So like, yeah, I don't think we we would have ended up getting promoted that season. It's a good point now.
1: It's interesting, you seem to have um, finished the last two seasons in uh, outstanding form, but this year you've uh, you've actually started it in really good form, haven't you? Mm. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's a, a conversation that we've all had. There seems to be a, a January revival every single year, and we're just on the cusp of that now, I think. There was a bit of a flat period in and around uh, November, December and January, but things seem to have sort of... Flattened out a bit, and we're we're still well on our way. Uh, A a few bumps in the road as of recent weeks, which is just down to fixture congestion. Just like to remind you all, nothing (laughs) to worry about.
3: That's all people.
0: People. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, touching on uh, Bolton fans, um, sort of from your humble opinion, in League One, where do our fans rank? Obviously, you go out and about to quite a lot of the games, so you'll have done the rounds and seen a lot of fans. Have you seen uh, Bolton's away fans or home fans in action?
1: I don't really pay that much attention to it, to be honest. It's (laughs) not really something that I've... I've really thought thought about uh who who are the fans. I tell you what um, my, one of my favorite sets of home fans are probably Lincoln City just because mm. they've got a a singing section. I don't know if you've been to the central bank this season yet but they've got um a really good singing section that'll just go out all game regardless of how how entertaining it is. So um I, I like I like I like them. I've I've not been to uh, not been to the Uniball um for a few years now. So maybe I need to uh, maybe I need to head back there. I point think before, that. before he um, changes
3: name again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that um that stimulates a conversation. I think Gab, around uh, safe standing at football stadiums that like, because obviously mm. you know that that helps generate such an atmosphere, and um, we don't have that luxury at present, and it hasn't really been discussed, uh, you know, within the hierarchy of the club. I don't think either, but I do think that you know there are
1: certain sections of the stadium that could quite easily be safe standing. Um, and the it atmosphere. makes such a difference to the atmosphere as well, Cole. Um, yeah, I think you've got a group that just goes all game. It's like that—that uh, that support just kind of just eventually that energy just eventually transmits to the players. Mm. Um, I think that can be re- really helpful. Yeah, definitely.
2: Um, you've alluded to my question. To be honest with you, um, my next question, should I say, in terms of like the thoughts of you know Bolton's last three years with with football ventures um and Ian Everett. So I we can kind of bypass that because we've 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 kind of answered that question already. But it is interesting from the outside looking in, you know, with regards to Ian Everett. Obviously you mentioned before that he was comes across as quite arrogant slash confident. <laughs> um is that is that the I'm gonna change the question, but is that the perception kind of within within the
1: media with, with Ian Everett or is it just the way he comes across? Yeah, a little bit. It feels like he um, he does kind of stir the pot a little bit at times. And uh, do you know what? I, th- I think he quite likes it. And listen, who am I to judge how managers behave? I think we can all have a bit of a bit of fun with it. But uh, on the other side of that, I think he's proven himself to be a fantastic manager. Um, mm. What he did at Barrow was uh, was was extraordinary. Um, got them to winning the title with playing some great football. Um, won promotion turning over a difficult start with your lot and then top half finish the following season in a really competitive year and then obviously getting you hopefully into the top six or certainly in a good position to finish in the playoffs uh, this season. So, listen, we can, can all have our fun in games in terms of uh, how he goes about things and makes some some sort of strong statements at times, but um, but at the same time, I think, um, you know, all credit to him because he's clearly a top manager.
2: I think it's, with Ian Everett, though, I think, again, elaborating on the question a little bit, <clears throat> well, the, the point, I guess, is, is... He's very still a very young manager, so I guess he is learning like a way to be uh, amongst both the the, the media and, and within the fan base in terms of where to act. Because I think I don't know whether anybody else can can agree on this all the chat and stuff, but I've noticed a big difference this season with how he or how he how he presents himself and what he says in within in front of the cameras. It's it is slightly different. I think that's because he's he's probably learning uh, as he goes along a little bit because he's, he's not. Is he forty? Yeah, I think he's just turned forty. Yeah, again. no, he's
3: forty two. He's older right. than me.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Throw, there, <laughs> just, throw that in there. Throw
2: that in there. Yeah, so that's that's young for a manager, isn't it? Like across the, the EFL. Am I right saying Are that? You-
1: yeah, I mean, just, just picking up on uh, on that point, though, Cole, would you rather have a manager that's uh, got a bit of an edge and got some rough edges, but with a bit of time and maturity might sort of smoothen them over, as opposed to having a manager that doesn't have any edges? Because uh, that's that's yeah. sort of the other thing to it as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, per- personally, I would rather have that, but it's like anything else, isn't it? It's the results-driven business, isn't it? It sounds a bit of a generic response to that that point but you know if, if your team's winning like you're not really too fussed what demeanour that they, they portray I guess Um, but the, the thing with Ever is he's, he produces winning football and he's got that edge so I guess you know that makes you think that yeah I like, I like this guy type of thing He's much
3: know. more measured this season and what he says you can tell he's thought about what he's going to say rather than season one he was, t- and t- he was just coming out with and getting slated in the press for things he was saying and Mm. Um, so I think that he's learned massively as to just have a think, like I said on a previous pod, stick it in your drafts email. Yeah. It comes
2: get, it, get it right, Ange. Think about HR before you speak. HR HR. Before you speak. Yeah.
3: I definitely think he's um he's come on leaps and bounds with that stuff this season. He's much more I mean he still jumps up and down on the sidelines, a little bit less than previous seasons. Um away commentary loves mentioning that even when he's not doing it um <laughs> yeah. but yeah he's, he's learning and he's learning fast really really fast so like obviously he's a massive asset to the club but what do you think on sharon's ownership i know you touched on it briefly mm. but the business model they've got we're not spending loads of money on players we're not got massive wages um do you
1: think it's a good model that they're working to? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I think that um, I actually put a tweet out and it's still it's still pinned on my yeah, profile, you know, rate your EFL club's owners out of 10. And there are a few few bon Wanderers fans who responded saying uh, 10 out of 10 for Sharon uh, and, and Football Ventures. So clearly um, they're getting the support from the fans. I think they seem to, um, have a nice mixture of you know being able to develop players like uh, Ian Toll and um, Aaron Morley even recruited from Rochdale but also having that bit of experience in there as well um, I think t- to be fair I'm really impressed with how you uh, you've got the best out of uh, Ricardo Santos who's had a brilliant few, few seasons because um, I remember watching him in his last into the football league at Barnet, and he didn't look anywhere near as strong or, uh, or anything like that as what we've seen from him at Bolton, so um, I think that really speaks to uh, to the coach, the quality of the coaching as well, which is certainly um, certainly a huge factor. So um, they seem to be getting it right, and um, hopefully that can continue. Absolutely. Just touching on that
0: sort of feel that we have that balanced mix of developing players, but also bringing in experience as and when it's required. Obviously, Cameron Jerome being the latest sort of figurehead that that embodies that. Do you think Bolton are overachieving? If you look at the sort of the budgets for the rest of League One and sort of take out club stature, uh, take away the names of the clubs, if you will, uh, and just sort of look at it on a, a superficial level of what clubs are spending and the talent that's in those teams, would you put us in the
1: overachieving category or do you think we're just about right? I would would say you're just about right, actually. Um, I think that, you know, if you look at it, you've got, um, I think Peterborough have obviously uh, been not quite as good as as maybe we expected this year. Wickham are obviously doing really well. But I don't think, and obviously MK Dons, I predicted would win the league with 100 points this season. That hasn't quite happened. Um, (laughs) um, I called you a guru before. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm not quite, uh, not quite. I think Nanak's got a bit of a bit of an advantage over me, um, but I think, um, yeah, uh, it, it's certainly been a great season for for Bolton, um, and um, whether you're overachieving, I think it's about right for the tra- for, for the trajectory that you're that you're on. But um, you look at some of the the deals that you've been able to get in. I mean, Chola Shortire on loan from Man United looks like a fantastic piece of business, doesn't it? Mm,
0: indeed,
1: yeah. He's, uh, it's with, with him,
2: we, we we worry a little bit about. I mean, I am only speaking for myself, really, and probably a few Bolton fans, but I worry a little bit about his um, physicality at this within within this division. To be honest, I think football wise and his abilities, and I think he's had a couple of standout games away at Peterborough, and I think he was um, pretty impressive away at Charleston as well. But that highlights the fact that they are two teams that do try and play a little bit um, when he comes up against the you know the less robust. You're sorry, the more robust defenders and teams, he, he, he seems to struggle to impact games at the moment, which is a bit of a concern, um, because he was obviously there to kind of replace DAPO, Lion type of thing. That I think sense.
0: it's a similar feel to
1: Ipswich. I think they've got a,
0: an incredible fear of teams that play the low block. Uh, and they I did. Wins. I
1: think more recently they've sort of started to put some of those teams to bed. They seem to have found a few more of the answers recently. Mm.
0: I think that's the
1: area that we're struggling with.
0: Those teams that play the low block, blow, mm. low block. Sorry, we just don't really have the answers uh, all of the time, um, and so those are the games that we really seem to struggle in more than any any others. Um,
1: mm. but, what do you think is the solution? I mean, would you switch her back four to play those low blocks? How would you sort of counter it?
3: <laughs> <How> we don't. <laughs> <I> probably, <yeah. laughs>
1: I think it depends.
2: Obviously, we start with a back five gap, um, mm. which often looks like a back three with two wingers to the way we play, being Connor Bradley and Declan Jarno, whoever it is on the left. But I think if we're, we're in-game, in terms of in-game management, if, for example, we are struggling to, to break that low block, as Ben's alluded to, I think there, there shouldn't really be any harm in, in, in reverting to a four. Because um, Declan John could play left-back in, uh, in a four, couldn't he? So. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But for some reason, I mean, again, who are we to judge the, the master that is Ian Everett? But for some reason, it doesn't seem to happen within game. Um, I've got my own opinions on that. I think at this level, I think we, we, we forget the fact that we are, despite the fact that we're, we're a big fish in, in this small pond with the likes of Sheffield, Wednesday, Nipswich and stuff but we, we still have League One footballers at our disposal. And I sometimes, I sometimes wonder whether or not in-game they are able to switch so dramatically from a back five to a four, you know what I mean, D- dependent on the opposition. You see it at a higher level, you see it in the Premier League and, and to a degree in the Championship, but I don't know whether or not the players that we've got are capable because they're either playing at a level for a reason, i.e. they're not good enough to play higher, or they're playing at a list level because of learning the game the lights of Short Tire, Connor Bradley, James Trafford, you know, the learning how to Play, you know, football at a, a, a professional or, or or a man at you know, the men at the men's level. Do you know what I
1: mean? You know what, Carl? It's so interesting you, you say that because, for example, at, at Doncaster, um, there's fans who aren't happy with Danny Schofield there because he's not adapting things, at formation when it's not working. But mm. in a way, and similar to what you're saying, you almost have a bit of sympathy with him because if you change formation all the time, every time it isn't working, then you actually risk taking away from the overall. Identity and yeah. it's it's a really uh, it's a really interesting balancing act for a lot of managers in in League One too two, uh, and I can yeah. see why yeah. an effort sort of stuck with uh, with that same formation. Yeah, and whether it's the capabilities
2: of the footballers or the fact that um, we are, so we, we I think because of like Pep Guardiola and and, and the the and the Klopp and the, the Premier League as a whole and brand it is, I think we like we've got like an obsession with a, a way of playing, um, and I think the. As as football fans across the EFL, we we kind of expect... The, fan, the the teams to
1: play a certain way as well. Well, and also relationships, I think, for some clubs are really important. So, if you want to try and impress your Man United, your Chelsea's, your Man City's, yeah. uh, your Liverpool's, and have have those big reputations, those big contacts, you've got to play a certain way. Um, yeah. But actually, sometimes you, you look at someone like Stevenage in, in League Two, they've been able to get to the top of the league with a very sort of pragmatic style under and Steve Evans. So... Mm. Sometimes there's actually an advantage to be gained from kind of going against that and sticking to, to your own sort of roots, if you like. But um, yeah, it, it varies really. But um, yeah, really interesting one.
2: Mm. Um, if Birmingham were to rock up at the Reebok, as I still call it, on Saturday, um, how would you reckon you guys would achieve, uh, get on
1: against us? I think you might beat us. Ah. Really? Oh, wow, really? I like you. <laughs> I think we've—I tell you what, though—we've we, um, uh, we've really dropped off since the World Cup Interleague and we've just got no depth at the moment. Um, and that, yeah, that so the players we can bring in are sort of teenagers, players who might not quite be good enough for the level, and veterans who are sort of a little bit past their best. And there hasn't really been that option to to sort of freshen things up. So, um, yeah, that's been really difficult for for John Eustace. Mm. So, yeah, I think you beat us to be honest.
2: Do you reckon you'd let us have uh, Lucas Jukovic back next season if we get promoted and you got relegated? Would
1: you want? Would you?
2: Would you want Lucas Jukovic though? I liked him when he was with us, but I think he obviously were a lot younger then. Um, yeah. He, he can play. He can, he can still play a bit, though. I can't need to be fair to him, and he certainly knows where the back of the net is. So, as, as an option,
1: yeah, yeah. So. But he's a target man, though, and he's sort of like what thirty three. Can't can't really run. Not got much mobility. But yeah, as
2: far as the way we play, you need to be able to press. But we're just saying, Cameron Jerome. Yeah,
1: so you do need options, don't you? Yeah, but Cameron Jerome's actually still quite fit for his he
3: age. Very fit. Yeah, he
1: is. Mm. Yeah. You said it that is. like you you quite, quite like, laughed <laughs> I thought you was going to say that, yeah. Very enthusiastically said that, didn't you?
3: Always oh, enthusiastic. There's
1: a quick response. Yeah. No. no. Um, uh, mil-
3: mil- uh, moving on. Million dollar question now, Gab. <laughs> Are Bolton going to achieve playoffs this season?
1: I think you'll get to the playoffs and lose in the semi-final. <sighs> against oh. the Barnsley or Ipswich? Oh, don't say Ipswich. <laughs> again. You've, got, you've still got some beef, they've still got some beef with you from like the playoff campaign of previous.
2: Oh, no, well, we got more beef. I think we, I think it's a balanced amount of beef, I think, with it with the playoffs. Okay. Wasn't it switch? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It'll it's be interesting. Old enough to remember that. It'll be interesting to see who ends up in that battle. Um I'm confident we'll we'll keep in there ahead of Wickham, but only time will tell. Uh from an outsider. Uh, I know what the general you know, consensus is amongst our fans, but if Bolton were to drop out of the playoffs and maybe not get in there this season, do you think that would be a failed season or a failed season for Everton and his team?
1: I think it'd be disappointing, certainly, um, because you obviously, having been in there and put yourselves into such a great position, I think it'd be hard to take. Um, I have to say, I don't see that happening. I think you're better than the sort of outsiders um, there. So I I think you will get there. Um, But in terms of if I think you still what you look for as a fan is always progression. And this Bolton team is certainly a lot better than last season's problem. Yeah. so i think there's been progression
2: yeah I, th- yeah I just think sometimes it because of the 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 the, the, the traditions of the club and etc i think there's still there's still an element of expectation as well i think despite the fact that you know what we've been through and yada 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 and the budget isn't quite at the same level as other clubs who are a little bit higher than us i think there is still an expectation that we should you know be in in the mix to be honest Sure. Um, despite the fact that the, you are right, you know there has been progression, and that's kind of all you you could really ask for, really, as a, a as a fan. Mm.
1: But I, th- I think in you in your position, it would be disappointing if you didn't hold on to a, a playoff spot. That's mm. something we can get top two. Maybe we beat Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday. Why not? No, I, I don't see that myself. I think that's fan optimism. <laughs>
0: <Wow>. <laughs> Colin is really never, this,
1: never uh, optimism. Fan optimism.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Every podcast is a three point podcast in Colin's book. That's it. So what's
2: what do you reckon's next for us uh, in terms of um how do you envision like our our progression
1: moving forward? Well, um I think you've recruited really smartly. Um you've got a really good manager in charge. Um I think he's he signed a long term contract quite recently, if I'm not mistaken, or is likely to. Yeah, not probably not long enough
2: for what most Bolton fans would hope for. But, yeah, he did sign a new contract last summer, was it, Ben? I
0: think, I think so, somewhere around that mark, Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, well, that's um, that's certainly hopeful. Uh, it'd be great to um, to really tie him down for the long term because I really like the the progress that he's making. Um, I think you've added smartly. I think if you, you're getting in terms of getting into the championship, it feels like you've gone for the likes of Victor Adeboyejo and uh, and Dion Charles, who were. Um, that perform really well in League One. Um, I suppose there is that question over whether these sorts of players can step up to championship level. Obviously, Cameron is going to be coming up to 36. So you, you do sometimes think that in terms of recruitment, maybe some players a little bit more in the Aaron Morley category where you're investing in potential assets, because I think that's going to be the way forward. Um, obviously, there's been money spent, but it doesn't feel like the club's Absolutely splashed. um I think Claire mentioned at the beginning the club hasn't splashed the cash necessarily, uh and I think that's a good thing. But then you've got to invest in uh, potential uh, potential assets. But I tell you what, I really like um Eon. Is it Eon T- Eon Toll as well? They're outside. Owen. The oh, Owen yeah, Toll. Yeah, um, I never know quite how to pronounce it because Owen feels wrong because it doesn't look like Owen. With an e. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's um, that Owen. It's that Owen Doyle, but Owen Owen Toll. Owen, Toll? Owen Doyle. New player for us, yeah. I always thought it was Eon Doyle, but then that's probably you really might be right. We're, we're from Bolton, you know. What I mean, you've probably got a <laughs> bit, uh... it's
3: definitely Owen, it's Irish, but it's an Irish.
1: Ah. Oh, well, I've I've learned something new on this podcast, like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, who would I, um, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Owen Owen Toll, uh, really like, really like him, he seems to be coming on really nicely this season.
2: He's actually been recently, was it today or yesterday, I got called up to the Northern Ireland um well, Yesterday, yeah. Uh, yeah
0: in there.
2: So you're not on your own with that one, Gab? Yeah, no, that's, that's really Did, promising.
0: I think that just about concludes today's episode. Uh, before we wrap things up completely, though, uh, as always, thanks for joining us. Uh, we really do appreciate it for those of you who are watching. But also, Gab, thanks for coming on. Um, if you do fancy getting some EFL action uh, outside of your, your Bolton Wanderers house, then you know where to go. Gab's EFL debate is a, is a really good place to go. He gets lots of uh, interactions on there. Loads of different fans from different clubs. And it's a good show. If you fancy giving that a watch, just remind us where we can get hold
1: of that, Gab. Uh, You can follow the hashtag EFL debate, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Gabson. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much. It is
0: also Mother's Day coming up, uh, and if you haven't got your wonderful parent something for Mother's Day, you know where to go. The Bolton Gin Company is your home. Uh, if you want to head over to the Bolton Gin Company and treat your loved ones, then you can do. And if you use the code FANZONE10, all in capitals, that's FANZONE10, you'll get yourself a nice little 10% discount over there. So, Have you
1: got, have you got a gym preference, Gab? I, uh, I'm not really a gin person. I tell you what, my my tipple of choice is cocktails. I like I like the. I don't drink an awful lot, but when I do, I like to push the bait out a little bit. I like a cocktail. Oh, <laughs> you, that sounds a bit more adventurous than my little kind of like. <laughs> so, <fair enough>. yeah. <laughs> What was your what's your favourite gin? Um, rhubarb. Rhubarb
3: and ginger. Yeah, and ginger. I didn't
1: know there was a, I didn't know there was a rhubarb gin. Yeah. It's
2: amazing, yeah, it's a good on that. The, the, to be honest, we I bought a gin company. I, I it's a quick, quick story. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. I bought they do like these little um gifts, kind of you know, with little tiny bottles of gin in. Oh, yeah, and I bought it for my missus. I think it was, was it her birthday, or i had done something wrong and I was trying to apologize. I don't know. <laughs> so I bought her some gin and I ended up drinking it all. <laughs>
0: all <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah, and they do a really nice iron brew one. If you like iron brew, I know it's a bit of an acquired taste, but if you do like iron brew, they do a really
3: good They great. do fruit salad, well, so just cold to summarise, well, Carl, you,
1: you did something wrong, and to apologise, you drank a bottle of gin. Yeah, well, it wasn't a, b- a full bottle, like, in one night. They're, yeah, like,
0: miniatures. Mini-
2: yeah, little <laughs> miniatures, and, yeah, I kept going to the fridge, and oh, thought it was nice, I
1: had that, and then a couple of <laughs> hours later, I went and did it again. But, yeah, it is <laughs> good gin. What's your favourite tipple, Claire?
3: Sorry, Angela.
1: A tipple. <laughs> What's your favorite tipple?
3: Yeah, no, I'm gin. I like a gin. I like a
1: beer. I like anything. Fair. Whatever you put in front. Yeah.
0: But that does round off today's episodes. Uh, if you are watching live and maybe missed some of the episode, you can catch us on Spotify. We are now also on Apple Podcasts. After a long, long wait, lots of faffing around, you can catch us over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But thank you all for watching. We really do appreciate it. And we will catch you in the next one. Take care. Watch. So Cheers.